Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I am here with Eva Jean, and she is the author of Breaking Free. It's all about leaving a toxic relationship, creating a new life, getting out all the stuff that we are so passionate about here on this podcast. Hello, Eva. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So you're obviously quite passionate about getting a message out that at one time you did not know. Is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely, absolutely true. Yep. <laughs> so why is that important to you? Um, for me, I think it's because I lost so many years to those relationships. And I talked, I had so many friends and I have so many friends who have gone through similar things, you know, where you lose six years to someone and you think oh okay that relationship didn't work and then you look back and you start to see that that relationship wasn't healthy and they were getting me to do things that I didn't want to do and I think because I lost so many years um thinking you know that if I did something differently I could have you know if you do more you can make this relationship work if I work a bit harder if I give up my friends if I stop going out I can make this relationship work And I think, you know, I'm 41 now and I'm really happy. And I just, I wanted to stop other people, other women from, you know, I know women who are stuck in 20, 30 year relationships and the people are obviously toxic, but they just resigned themselves to stay in track. So I wanted to write the book and educate people because what I realised was that over the years, I've had three relationships. I mean, not all of my relationships have been controlling. I have dated some nice people as well. But three of the key relationships, they all had very controlling tendencies, but they looked really different on the outside. So if when in my head, years later, when I compared those three people, they seemed to have nothing in common. And yet when I started writing down the weird behaviours and the control things, they were really, really similar. So I thought, if I've gone through this, you know, a lot of other people have gone through this and I just want to help help some other women because it's so easy and to go through it. And the more women you talk to, you know, friends all over the world who, it, it's like everyone's going through it. Everyone's been in a toxic relationship. And if you haven't, you're unusual, you know, you're really lucky. So, yeah, I, I just, I lost so many years thinking it was my fault. And I just wanted, I just thought, let's get something out there that, that's concise, that's easy to refer to, that's easy to read, you know, and get it into as many hands as possible. So that's why I wrote the book, because I just got angry about how many years I've lost, you know. So what are some patterns that you saw between the three people? And I'm glad you pointed that out because sometimes people will say, well, I dated a fireman and he was toxic. So I'll just date a a lawyer instead. And it's like, no, yeah. no, no. Or I'll, the last person didn't go to church. So I'll find someone who did go to church or the last person did go to church. So I'll find someone who doesn't go to church or the last person yeah. was extroverted. So I'll find someone introverted. It's like doing 
anything to avoid recognizing red flags and moving away from them very quickly, like, which is the answer. There is no list of red flags that's going to cover everything, right? But what are some patterns you saw? Um, that's a really good question. Um, so I suppose looking at my first husband, he was much older and he was very serious and he was, they've all been highly intelligent. And, and honestly, the, it's not an easy question to answer. I think because of your question, because it's not easy to compare and to come up with just definite easy to spot red flags. That's why I started writing down the weird things that happened in all of these relationships. Um, the, the thing that seems to unite controlling people is, from what I found and from talking to hundreds of other women and, you know, looking at domestic violence figures and stories and things like that. Um, when people are controlling, from what I found, obviously I'm not a doctor or psychologist, when people are controlling, they tend to be controlling in most areas. So from my experience, you know, 30 years experience, people aren't generally, say, controlling if somebody's controlling financially, so if I'm talking to a friend and she'll say to me, my partner is controlling me financially, he's, um, he doesn't give me enough money for food, he's gambling, um, he questions everything that I buy, he won't give me money for the kids, that kind of thing. So somebody will, when they're in that situation, they'll pick up on one area. And they'll say, I'm being abused financially. And it's like a really rigid thing. You know, it's a compartment. But I would bet any amount of money that if you looked, if you went into that relationship and you looked at that person's behavior, there would be controlling behaviors. Um, there would be sexual controlling behaviors. There would be social controlling behaviors. There would be a lot of emotional abuse. You can't control someone without being emotionally abusive. You can't divide it into one area. So, yeah, it's a really tricky question because when people think, when people start to realize that they've been controlled, they tend to relate it to one area. They say, well, he controlled what food I ate or he controlled me in the bedroom. But there will be hundreds and hundreds of other things that are happening all the time. So it is, it is really hard. My, my first husband was completely different to the second controlling partner I had. One of the controlling exes I had was very, um, what's the word, is it grand, grandiose? Very, he was chaotic and he was like a child and he had no organisation skills and he, he seemed very innocent compared to the other two controlling relationships I had. But he had some of the worst behaviours. He was, you know, cheating, he was lying, he was talking to his exes about me and then denying it, constant lying, a lot of sexual weirdness. Um, but when I compare him to the other two people, they were both very reserved, especially sexually, they were reserved, and yet there was still sexual control going on. So it's not an easy question to answer and I think that's why I wrote the book and what I did with the book is I divided it into areas so that people could jump to certain areas 
and see a list of real life examples for physical, social, financial, sexual, emotional, self-esteem. And then also if you have a child with a controller, that's another area that people don't talk about because I think unless you've been through it or you, or you know someone who's going through it, people don't talk about how if you leave a controller but you've got a child, they will continue to control through the child. So, um, yeah, that I suppose the answer is there isn't a particular list of red flags that would cover every type of controller, but there's types of behaviours. It's all about what the behaviour is setting out to do and how it makes you feel. So I would say if you're in a relationship and you know that you're fairly together, you, you know, you're kind of you you know who you are and you're a fairly healthy person. If you're in a relationship and you're confused all the time and you're very down on yourself and you, um, you're you doing things and you don't know why you're doing them, you know, it's those can be red flags. If you're with someone and every time you're with that person, you're a completely different person, that's a red flag. If you're with that person and you don't recognise them, because obviously there's two sides, most of these people have a mask, you know, they have, they're Mr. Perfect. And it's all about how the outside world sees them. So my, you know, my um, child's father, obviously I can't name him. Um, he's still the same 10 years on, I still have to deal with him and nothing has changed. So to the outside world, it's, um, it's all about the, the fact that people view him as a perfect parent and he never makes a mistake. And he lies about his job and he lies about money and he's very low functioning. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I would say controllers care more about how the relationship looks to other people rather than how they're actually making you feel and how the relationship actually is. And I always say to people, if these people put as much effort into relationship as they put into you know, lying and um, creating smoke and mirrors and telling people this lie and that lie and kind of creating this whole illusion. If they put as much effort into actually just trying to love someone, you know, they could they could have really good relationships, but obviously there's a problem there. So, Well, and I think that is how they do relationships. Like when, when you and I are yeah. talking you know, a relationship is love and connection and freedom and flexibility. To them, love is control. So it's not that yeah. they're doing the relationship wrong. They are doing the relationship in the way they want to do the relationship. It's just baffling yeah. to the rest of us, right? Yeah, that's it. In fact, I think, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I think I'd go a step further and say it's not even how they want to do it it's like it's the only way they know how to love you know I did research into narcissism and where it comes from and it's sad in a way because if somebody is on the narcissism scale you know you can be slightly narcissistic or you can be a sociopath which is where you have very very little empathy um, and then of course you can be psychopathic where you have zero empathy and it all comes from they will have suffered some abuse in their very young life. And it depends when the abuse happens as to how much empathy they've developed. That's my understanding anyway. So it's kind of 
it's almost like they can't help it and you want to feel sorry for them I felt sorry for my child's father and I hung out with him for years and I tried to be his friend and I tried to help him and I realized that you cannot help these people because even if there's a split second where they realize that what they're doing is wrong they're never going to admit it they're never going to be open about it they're always going to use the tactics they're always going to gaslight they they're going to um put the shutters down and they're going to just carry on with their delusion and they're still going to lie to you and lie to everyone else there's there doesn't seem to be anything you can do so you have to disengage and it's really hard isn't it because when you're empathic and you're and you think oh if I just love this person enough I can fix it unfortunately in most cases you can't you can't fix it you have to you have to look after yourself but it's it's really hard isn't it when you care well, about somebody especially if they make you feel smaller some of the things you were talking about a consistent pattern of how they make you feel which I always yeah. tell people to look for because if you're looking for specific a specific personality such as shy or outgoing or funny or serious or intelligent or a different type of job you're looking at all the wrong places but you know, getting emotionally healthy yourself so you can start to recognize, okay, I feel like I'm around a safe person right now. That's what that feels like. Okay. I feel like I'm being controlled right now. That's what that feels like. Um, that's how to know, but we also have to hit the reset button, right? Cause we've been in two, three, four toxic relationships that all had different personalities. You know, we have to learn to reset our own normal to engage our own personal alert system. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In fact, yeah, um, I didn't start. That's the thing that gets me. It's like most of these women, most of us, we're like, we're highly intelligent. We're really capable. We're doers. We have high empathy, high emotional intelligence. And then you think, how did I get trapped in this? How did I get stuck? And it, it took me years. It took me when I was in my first controlling relationship for six years, and that was back in my 20s, and I was very young, and he was a lot older than me, and I, I think I wanted a father figure, you know, I needed security, because I was quite, I was a bit wild, um, and it's funny, now I'm 41, but it took me 10, 15 years to figure out that that first relationship was really, really unhealthy and it and it came from writing things down um it's really easy not not to realize and like you said about getting healthy um I had years and years of counseling on and off I had different types of counseling for depression and anxiety and things like that and I didn't equate it to what I'd been through you know my father had been abusive and I didn't equate my ups and downs and my trust issues and my you know abandonment fears and all this I didn't equate that to what I've been through so I had to get really healthy I had I had a lot of counseling and then when I was in my third controlling relationship the one where he was really chaotic and and like he was very successful he ran a business and he had he was earning lots and lots of money but he was so chaotic and unhappy and, and and I remember saying to him, you know, you could have 20,000 £20, pounds a month and you're still going to be unhappy, you're still going to be miserable. And I realised at that point, I can't, I can't tame him, I can't fix him, I can't stop him cheating on me. Um, and, it was, and then because he was telling me, um, he was constantly telling me, 
I had anger issues, I was crazy. Mm -hmm. This is another red flag, by the way. You hear mm -hmm. this from almost every controller. I've heard it if I've been on a first date with someone. If you go on a first date with someone and they say to you, all women are crazy, all my exes are crazy, massive yeah, red flag. Run, run away. Yeah, yeah. So, so funnily enough, the, the most recent controller was the one who... Because of what he was saying to me, because he was saying you have anger issues, you he was telling me I had control issues, you are mental, you are crazy, you are oversensitive, you misread everything. I sort of thought, okay, there's something wrong with me. And I started going on YouTube and going online and I started devouring videos about um, narcissism, personality disorders. I started looking into borderline personality, which he kept telling me I had. So sometimes it it needs someone to give you a kick and to do a load of research. And because I was doing research, sort of looking for stuff that was wrong with me, I then started finding videos on narcissism and really looking into the traits and what it can look like and the behaviours. And I started realising that's him. That's him. So, yeah, in my case, I had to do a huge amount of work on myself and have counselling and do research and almost, you know teach myself about what is abuse what is control what is a healthy relationship um what are the different attachment styles all these kinds of things are really relevant um, I want to point so out something what you said about the counseling because you I am always amazed at people who go to counselors and the automatic assumption is there was something wrong with your parents and the automatic default is there's not something wrong with your partnership. Like, it's like yeah. almost before you walk in the door, there's, because people try couples counseling, they try all this stuff, and it's like, okay, well, this must have been your childhood. But that's the most illogical thing in the world, because, well, what if, you know, say it was your dad that was abusive? What if your mom had been in there? Would, it, would he have been the problem then? Or is it just automatically... Because I know counselors want to save marriages and there's obviously nothing wrong. There's something wonderful about saving healthy relationships and healthy marriages and healthy people that should be together, but, you know, or going through a bump in the road. There's something wonderful about that. But that is really a common theme that I've heard. And I want to point that out. If your counselors or therapist default is I'm very happy to, to point the finger at your parents and I am completely avoidant, and there's no way we're going to point the finger at the partner. There's something really off with that. Yeah, it, I have to say though, it's tricky because it depends what it, when you go into counselling. Obviously, it depends what you're going to talk about, and it sort of depends on your perspective. So when I had psychotherapy, it really, it really helped me because I'd been through some weird stuff as a kid and I knew that my dad was very very abusive but I hadn't realized to what degree um things that I'd experienced were abusive and it so it, it helped me figure out where my pattern came from I knew that I had a pattern of going to certain distant men and I knew where that came from but it's weird because I can remember having the psychotherapy and my counselor she was amazing she challenged me she was really good she helped me figure things out for myself. So she wasn't sort of saying things to me that were inappropriate. She did say to me, your parents are very dysfunctional. And to hear someone else say that, 
that was it was a massive thing for me um but I can remember going in there because I'd go there once a week and I can remember if I was having a good week with my abusive partner I would go in and praise him and say oh yeah it's wonderful things are much better now so of course counsellors can only know what we tell them and I wasn't going in there talking about my partner I was focusing on my childhood and my relationship with my father and um, how it was affecting me now so I think it's really hard for therapists because it depends what you go in there with if I'd have gone in there with all the notes written down that I eventually made all the weird things that he used to do and the inappropriate things he said and did and the things that I found out about him if I'd have gone in there with all that information my counselor would have said there's something very wrong with him well, it's, it goes back to that one piece, right? So if it's, um, he doesn't give me enough money for the kids, you mentioned that financial abuse earlier. And so I think subconsciously, we only choose one thing for that very reason, because if we laid it all out, not only would we have yeah. to see it, we, we would then be accountable for laying it all out. So if we focus on the tree instead of the forest, there's a sense of safety to that because it's like, oh, well, obviously the forest is terrible. Let's just, but this little tree, I'm just really annoyed with this one. If I could just plant this tree or chop down this tree, the whole forest would be different. Um, that's that's what I've seen with people. No, that's really true. Um, in fact, I think I've, there's a bit where I address that in the book. That I've, I've got a section in the book where... Um, I wanted to talk to women about how they survived. So I didn't just want the book to be kind of doom and gloom and lots and lots of examples and people realising that, oh, my God, I'm I'm in a controlling relationship. How do I escape? I had sections where I'd spoken to lots of women who'd escaped and asked them how they survived. Um, and and any advice like from my own experiences, like how did I stay sane? How did I survive? How did I make sense? what happened to me and one of the things I put in the book was um start writing everything down because that's how you get distance from it and that's how you like you just said about the forest that's how you start seeing the forest because when you're with someone and you're and you're in love with them and you're very attracted to them and weird things are happening here or there you don't you don't put it all together do you into the forest you think oh that's weird that's not right and you confront someone and it goes wrong and and then they justify it and you think, oh, okay, yeah, it's partly my fault. I've misunderstood. So over, and over, and over, and over. And your brain, your brain doesn't necessarily put it all together because um, there's something called uh, cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. I'd like, yes. I looked up what that was. So it's like your brain has got such weird, uh, I don't know, can I swear? <laughs> swear (laughs) your brain's got such weird shit to deal with your brain cannot make sense of the fact that they're doing one thing and they're saying another they're saying one thing to you but they're acting another way your brain doesn't know how to make sense of it so it kind of it detaches it it kind of goes oh okay this is how it is and it doesn't it doesn't your brain cannot figure that that shit out so yeah um 
I started writing things down. And then when I looked back on it a couple of years later, when I've done my research, and I was like, oh, my God, why did I put up with that? How did I put up with that? How did he get away with that? He was so entitled. And so everything he did that was illegal or inappropriate or just awful, everything I confronted, he would get angry at me and he would justify it and he was entitled. And I would end up thinking it's, oh, okay, I shouldn't have snooped. I shouldn't have looked at that. I shouldn't have, that's none of my business. And then when you write it down, and especially if you show that book to someone, so you write down all this weird stuff and you don't know whether you're overreacting, show it to someone else who you trust, who you know will be sensible and not go too crazy one way or the other way, like someone, um, what's the word, just very sensible and um, balanced. Mm -hmm. Show those examples to someone and let someone else look at them and say, that's not right. They shouldn't have done that. That's not right. They shouldn't have been doing that to you. So actually talking to someone else. Because I know when I was going through all this stuff, I couldn't talk to anyone. Nobody understood. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Can can you tell us where people can find your book? Oh, yeah, sure. It's, um, I've got it now, shameless plug. It's on Amazon Kindle. Um, It's obviously, I'm in Britain, but it's available all over the world because I want everyone to read it. So it's on Amazon Kindle as an e-book. And it's also now out on paperback as well, which I'm really excited about. So, yes, please order the book and please um, buy it as a Christmas present for someone. Because I think if you're helping someone get free, that's a brilliant present. So just, yeah, read the book and tell people about it and, you know, help your friends. You know, I bet everyone knows a friend or a neighbour who's stuck, but they don't know they're stuck. So, yeah, it's on Amazon, Amazon Kindle. Guys, check out Breaking Free. And thank you, Eva Jean, for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you. Are you loving the Toxic Person Proof podcast? Please subscribe and leave a review. After a toxic relationship, it is hard to know who to trust. So if you have found great information on the Toxic Person Proof podcast, let others know that this is a trustworthy place to find the answers they've been looking for. Leave a five-star review and be sure and share. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.